The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone. I just want to greet you in that wonderful energy of namaste. All of you out there that are committed to being an intentional spirit. And often we know that part of being intentional and being congruent with our message are some simple dynamics that require focus and purpose. Those would be being validated, perhaps being appreciated, and also being educated there's something about the power of, of knowledge, being able to look at things multidimensionally that supports all of us. Many of you that have been following me through the years know that I say that as much as I enjoy leadership and being a leader, the thing I really like about myself the most is that I am a permanent student of life, always learning, always on the front row with a notepad ready to listen and get a golden nugget from someone else. I'm honored today that we are representing on our show the intentional spirit, seeing and being one of life's leading universities, Ubiquity University. And and today we have with us Paul Taylor. He is the chief marketing officer. He has served uh, many global Fortune 100 companies He is dynamic and energetic. He lives the part he plays. He's also a founding Ubiquity board member. Paul, welcome to our show today. Thanks, Temple. It's great to be with you. Well, I'm just thrilled. I've I've known about your university for quite some time now with uh, Wisdom University being part of that with being aware of so many of the leading-edge educators and innovative leaders that that you have out in the field teaching people and training. And I just love, you know, what all of you are doing. And one of the key elements that's so powerful, and I read about this on your website, ubiquityuniversity.com, is that people are craving to be educated, but yet on one scale... We have made education so high 
that the people that really could do something with it just simply can't afford it. Absolutely. That um, There's an amazing set of forces coming together right now, and we've seen it industry by industry. So you've seen it in the music industry, you've seen it in the publishing industry, and it's now happening to the education industry. And so what we're seeing is complete disruption within the education category. And you know, we've all been hearing for years that education needs to be fixed or education needs to be reformed. And um, so the first set of disruptive technologies have come along. And it's always a great thing when a category becomes disruptive because the, the, the benefit to the whole is that there's greater accessibility and greater affordability. And so Ubiquity has come along as one of these disruptive agents with a specific intention of uh, creating a platform, um, creating a platform um, to really liberate human purpose. Our purpose at Ubiquity is to liberate human purpose, uh, genius, and creativity to create a whole new kind of world. Mm. Well, with Ubiquity, is it, um, because I know that um, a number of our uh, members here in our community are aware of you, but throughout the, the globe, are, do you have like a physical location that people can actually go to college, a learning center, a campus type model, or are you uh, an online, how are you structured as far as sure. the structure itself? Yeah, no, Absolutely. So we are coming through, you had mentioned Wisdom University. So Ubiquity is being born through the community at Wisdom University. And so Wisdom University has now become the Wisdom School of Graduate Studies at Ubiquity. And it was a, it continues to be an incredible eight-year experiment. And the focus on wisdom was around um, the premise of globe as a classroom. So if you were going to study Rumi and we have graduate courses, um, we have PhDs and um, you can also do your master's work in theology and wisdom studies, then you would go and study Rumi in his birthplace and you would have a five-day intensive. And so we've been doing that for the past eight years. It's this wonderful um, boutique university with an incredible group of students and alumnus and faculty. And so part of Ubiquity is leveraging on that we will continue to offer um, our Wisdom School of Graduate Studies will continue to offer courses, live courses, on a global basis. And then Ubiquity itself will first launch out with both an MBA and, uh, and a BA primarily focused on social innovation. And so we're looking at social innovation and entrepreneurship. And that part of the program will initially be online, but we're also going to be partnering with all kinds of social entrepreneurs, social innovation, um, global hubs. So there's the Global Hub Network. There's the Startup Weekend organization. So we're constantly going to be looking to bring our online experience and, and supplement that with local meetups and local um, community partners. That is so powerful. It's so exciting. It's absolutely so exciting. Well, tell us a little bit about your path. I mean, why does this matter to you? How how did you become an intentional spirit yourself? And and um, 
how did this unfold in your life? Sure. No, absolutely. It. Um, I grew up in a little town outside of uh, Toronto, Ontario. And I was a product of the 80s. I'm in my mid-40s. And uh, I had a simple dream. And I wanted to be a corporate rock star. And uh, as lame as that feels now in my life, at the time it was very clear, very focused, and very intentional. Um, but it was only intentional on, you know, I guess you would say, within certain realms of my being. And so for the first 35 years, I went after that goal. And... Um, and I was blessed to be quite successful within business. So I um, worked at the Colgate Palmolive Company in Toronto and uh, was part of the team that launched Colgate Total. And then my equipping phase continued and my career took me down to Atlanta, Georgia, um, where I became part of the global uh, marketing and innovation team for the Coca-Cola Company. And once I was at Coca-Cola, I, my career was, I was eventually identified as a candidate who had the upside to be considered um, to be a, a candidate for the chief marketing officer for the Coca-Cola company. So my career was being managed, and, uh, and everything I ever wanted by the time I was 35 in terms of this ideal, this idea of living as a, as a corporate rock star was coming true, but the only problem was that I hit a speed bump on the way to living happily ever after, and I was completely miserable. And I had this little voice that just kept saying, I hate my life. And I think it really is part of the, the modern malaise. We, you know, we, we're all very familiar with the original no problem, the, the problem with no name, when women as part of the feminist movement before the feminist movement or the feminine movement had a name, it was really difficult for people to talk about the pain they were experiencing. And I think that's what's happening in modern day society. A lot of our lives look amazing on paper. And we, you know, we struggle with levels of depression in terms of who am I to hate this life? My, you know, I have this incredible partner. I have this incredible family or this incredible career, whatever it is. And I was blessed to have that career, and yet I couldn't fill the void of meaning in my life. So I tried to fill it with more power. Tried, it, it's just a classic story that so many people have gone through before me. But for me, it, um, what led me on this path and what led me to becoming an intentional spirit was basically I was saved by the love of two good women. And um, the first was my wife, Anne, who I met, and she really taught me to dance slow. Up to that point, when I had that little voice that was saying that I really don't like my life, I just suppressed it and add more, added more speed. And so when I met um, Anne, she was this powerful, intentional spirit already. And um, so I was really, um, it was an incredibly attractive force just to see her, how anchored she was, yet at the same time reaching for the stars for all of her goals in her life. And so at the same time I met my wife, Anne, I also lost my best friend, who was my mother. And she was incredibly young. She was only 53 years old at the time, and she had diabetes. And she went into the hospital to have her little toe operated on, and six weeks later, um, we ended up losing her, oh. and it oh was just an, an incredible shock to the family, and 
my mom was an extraordinary woman with an incredible gift for gab, very conversational. And yet she couldn't reconcile what was happening to her being. And so for those six weeks, my father, my brother, and myself were taking turns being with her. And we were in complete silence. My mother could not talk about what was happening. And so it became this very intense Petri dish of transformation. And I was completely rewired. Spirit came in and just completely rewired my worldview. I put my entire life under the microscope, and I finally had the time to just slow down and really um, lean into what was the intention um, for my spirit. And what, what emerged was a question. And um, for me, it was, it was a big question. And the question that came through was, how do we awaken, inspire, empower, and enable the true possibility of being a human being at this unique moment in time? And I really didn't know what to do with the question. When it first showed up, I kind of hung out with it. I looked at it and I said, wow, you know, I've, I've worked on a lot of big projects with Coke and, and, but I didn't quite know how to receive it. So I had to, to make room for that question. And the more I sat with the question in silence, certain, you know, we're all calibrating language, but for me, I guess they re- revealed themselves as, as codes within the question. Mm-hmm. And the codes, if you break down the awaken and inspire, for me that really became, um, it was, I was being led to this idea of a global communication hub, this incredible um, platform where the infinite many could tell the stories of our infinite oneness and we could shine a light on the breakthroughs and what's working. And Buckminster Fuller and Barbara Marks Hubbard have often talked about this need for this transmitter that transmits into an omni-centered ecosystem all the good news, all the things that are working, all the things where we can search and reimply, and giving us that inspiration when we feel alone as a, an imaginary cell or a pioneering soul or an intentional spirit, that there really is community out there. There's others trying to do that, and we don't have to do more than our piece. We simply have to find that like-minded tribe, that like-hearted tribe, and, and, and connect and just keep tuning into and understanding what is that piece, what is that intention that's trying to emerge um, within our own life. So that, that was the first piece of the question. And the second piece around empower, inspire and empower revealed itself as the global education platform. This would be a global learning community. And the inspire, it was, you know, there was a question within the question around this, what if education was different? And what if its primary purpose was to amplify the profound genius of each and every one of us on the planet, all 7.186 billion of us? And so that became the guiding vision for what was possible within a global learning community as another hub. And then the final piece within the question was um, the, the uh, was empower and enable. And a power and enable was the, 
the social innovation piece. That's the global innovation for human creativity and really finding a way to empower the intentional spirits who are coded with this incredible passion and creativity to bring new technologies, new art forms, um, new expressions into the world that would really help to create the world that we all know is possible. So this triadic relationship between a global communication hub, a global innovation hub, and a global education hub was seeded in a very powerful way in those six weeks where I, where I was transitioning um, the life of my mother. That is so, um, I just love that. I, I'm glad that we, we have that recorded so that I can go back and somewhat process that again because... Uh, with the the groundwork and the forum and the expression that is being offered by Ubiquity, uh, it's so exciting because what it is working with is the innate spirit that lies dormant with so many people uh, throughout their entire lifetimes because they're just living in a box. You know, they go to the box of the education system when they're growing up and Mm -hmm. people are telling them what to do and what to think and what to feel and you can do this, but you can't do that. And and then, you know, they get into a system of it's supposed to look like this, like it does in this magazine. And (laughs) and like you're saying, you know, so 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 many people, um, you know, find themselves in their 40s and 50s and 60s and, and like, what have I done? You know, who? Exactly. Who, who am I? Well, I um, celebrate with you that you are one of the people that not only have awakened, but that you are supporting just uh, hundreds of thousands of other people, and let's say millions, we'll just put that out there, and their capacity to do so as well. I want to remind everybody during break to go to ubiquityuniversity.com and share it with your friends on social media because we're talking leading-edge educators and opportunities and ways in which you can become educated, but in a way that's more innate, like used to be with the um, mystery schools where you were able to really focus on the things that you you wanted to learn instead of, you know, classes like, you know, cutting up a frog when I've never (laughs) used that yet and I'm I'm hoping and knowing that in my entire life I won't ever have to, won't ever have to do that. Um, I'm Temple Hayes and I'm just appreciative that all of you continue to listen to our messages online. We are about individuals that want to be intentional with their lives because we are intentional all the times whether we're aware of it or not and that's the key as we awaken to where we put our intention those are the areas in which we attract and we create in our lives we'll be right back after this short break Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you.
state of change, a period of transition? Perhaps you simply don't know which way to turn, or you want guidance on taking that next step in your personal or professional life. You can activate the power of yes with Reverend Beverly Melander. As a new thought minister and next step counselor, she knows how to listen to where you are and help you get to where you want to be. With 20 plus years of experience, she offers spiritual counseling and affirmative prayer next step counseling for your personal or professional life, as well as resume writing and editing. To learn more about Beverly's counseling services, visit beverlymelander.net. That's Beverly, M O L A N D E R.net. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio, the teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, For Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio, words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. And I'm, I'm sure you feel like I do, that you're just um, enjoying so much the conversation that I'm having today with Paul Taylor. He's Ubiquities University's Chief Marketing Officer and a founding board member. We're looking at the elements of life, uh, the fundamental value of true happiness. And what, what that actually means is someone that's able to express who they were born to be and having the right kind of tools and systems that support that evolving spirit. Uh, Paul, last year, one of my favorite quotes that uh, came to me in meditation is, is to wish upon a star is progress, to know you are one is evolution. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and I, I just, I love that because, um, uh, some of us, it's taken us a little bit longer on life's, uh, life years. Uh, to really grasp that we were birthed here to truly to express who we are, to be an intentional spirit, uh, to bring, uh, like it says on your website, ubiquityuniversity.com, you know, what if Einstein had stopped? What if Oprah had stopped? What if so many of uh, Gandhi 
uh, Martin Luther King, uh, so many individuals had had stopped. Or what if they went by, you know, what their original educators said that they could or could not do in their lives? Uh, where would we be now? So I, I love that idea uh, that you're talking about. Yeah, thanks. It's, um, I think one of the things that drives us, our, our core, I guess you could call it our pedagogy, has four core competencies that leads us towards this type of focus. And it's, it's comp- number one, it's competency-based. Number two, it's inquiry-led. Number three, it's problem-centered. And number four, it has an integral or a whole system perspective. And when we come from that lens and, and we tend to lead with being inquiry-led, then you really wait for the emergence of powerful questions. And I think there's no cr- greater question in terms of each one of us that animates our soul or our spirit is around this idea of what was I born to become? Um, is there this, this idea, the Greeks would call it entelechy. Entelechy would be the codes that would exist within each of us in terms of the fundamental purpose of, of our life, the fundamental purpose of a human life. And so that's one of the other questions we've been asking. And so the entelechy, just to give a metaphor to bring that life, is the idea of within the acorn is the configuration to become the mighty oak tree. And within each one of us, that configuration, a unique configuration exists. And so this other powerful animating question at the, at the heart of the impulse of ubiquity is this idea is what is the fundamental purpose of a human life? at this unique moment in time. And we look at human purpose has been in a state of perpetual evolution over the last, you know, three million years of human existence. But this idea of human purpose and living and standing in this, the question, and we are going to create an entire platform, an entire conversation, an entire community around these questions in terms of what, is, what are our life questions, what is our life work, what were we born to do, who do we need to become to do it, and just the answer that's emerged within our community. Um, and again, we hold it in a very um, non-attached form, but is this idea that the fundamental purpose of a human life is to have the profound freedom to explore, experience, express, and expand the profound genius of who we are as a unique individuation of the whole on behalf of the self and the whole. And when that showed up, it had a lot of potency. We really were able to see this idea of this freedom to be able to, again, to experience, to explore, experience, express, and expand the profound genius of who we are. And and within that is the premise that we are all geniuses, that everyone, all 7.2 billion of us, are geniuses. And so we've been looking at this idea in our own unique, profound way. And so how we do that is um, how we activate that 
we've just, we are leading into creating an entire platform around, again, helping people to identify their IntelliKey, their unique purpose, their life questions, helping them to then activate it and get the unique skill set, the unique mindset, and the unique mentorship they would need to go the whole way. Wow. So if I'm, I'm um, understanding the process correctly, you are almost like um, at certain rare universities with the emphasis being on rare is that an individual can come to Ubiquity University and say, these are my life experiences. These are the things that I feel up till now that I uh, have either excelled at or I feel called to excel at. And is each one of the students, is there like a unique package designed and created for their uh, degree and for them moving forward? Do they meet with a group of people and then they create like a unique path with them? How does that, am I understanding it correctly? No, yes, you are. And okay. we're still we're still in the architect stage. The, the, the team is being attracted, but all of the core pieces to be able to enable that to happen is all coming together. And, and what we've identified is... Um, the 32 core competencies of an effective, what we're calling a change maker. You could call it a change maker. You could call it a pioneering soul, an intentional spirit. But someone who has been inspired, similar to the Gandhi quote, to create and to be the change they want to see in the world, but also to help create the change they want to see in the world out of that beingness. And uh, bringing that beingness into into creative um, spirit expression and form, and so to do that, um, we so one of the first things you'll do, and when you come on onto Ubiquity, and again we're just building this out with an incredible company called Uzazu, is to give um, everyone a personal assessment of um, of their their strengths and their development areas am- amongst these 32 core competencies. And then what we want to do in terms of our assessment program is then identify, and we're looking, we're working with a team that are really good at assessing. Um, it's building off of Howard Gardner's work around multiple intelligences, and it's going to that next level um, to identify unique learning pathways, and that there's um, anywhere from five to eight, I guess you would call center of gravity where let's say 90, 80 to 90 percent of the population would fit within those five to eight learning pathways. And our current education system really only honors and rewards two of those learning pathways. So if you learn differently outside of those two pathways that are currently being reinforced in our current K-12 and higher education system, then, you, then, then the results are devastating. And you end up going into, you're really struggling to be able to um, acknowledge your own unique genius and your unique skills and gift set. So what we want to do then is repurpose our content to honor your unique learning pathway so that one course, let's say if we have a course on helping you to um, unpack your personal leadership um, and and life purpose and around social innovation would be then to, you know, we would then take that content and reshape that content to fit with the way that you like to learn. That is so exciting. I am just so thrilled at 
this is happening. It's an idea whose time has definitely, <laughs> definitely come. That right. that's for sure. And I I hear it all the time uh, through various communities in the world. We have a a mission that we support in Haiti, and I just met with the executive dra- uh, director there at the school, and she was like, "I want to take some of the curriculum of." of unity uh, there because uh, what it offers is for a child to understand that, you know, they are unique and their expression in life is unique. And there's such a, f- a forum and a a space for people to feel and children to feel appreciated and acknowledged that they can grow into that. I mean, even nature, you know, if one tree is always having to fight, if you will, right. or conflict mm-hmm. with another tree growing too close, unless you're a sequoian and they're designed to do that. But most trees, if you look, they lean to the side. They never grow, you know, tall and straight because of the other energy that is always perceived as in their way. And and I, th- I think there are, I know, I don't think, there are a lot of educators that are that are out there that I don't, a lot of them haven't even been asked, why do you enjoy working with children or why do you enjoy teaching? Uh, it's, you know, well, I do it because this is what I learned and it's not necessarily always based upon happiness. And we forget that what we're really there to do is support someone like the original idea of educate was to draw out that which is lying dormant, you know, within that individual. So it's so, it's so exciting. Um, what you're about i'm i'm in <laughs> i'm in now where i can support you know i'm on it that's for sure um when do we feel when do you see that um your entire it's launching in 2014 when when will this be available to people yeah we are looking you know, again, in the spirit of emergence, we've, we've set intention. Um, the goal is to launch our first beta cohort um, in the spring of 2014. So we want to we wanna put out the, the first, um, I guess, in the spirit of innovation and, and startups, this idea of putting forth our first beta and, and, and really having those who are called to be a part of it, um, come join us in, in 2014 to be a part of our inaugural pioneering class. We think there's a real unique opportunity to come on board. So, so we're looking at spring of 2014. Um, and one of the things just in terms of target audience, it's really interesting because we're, we're really going, you know, one analogy just to, that's helpful, that was helpful for us is when within the music industry, the disruptive forces came in and made accessibility and affordability to music that much greater for everyone. And the first expression of that was iTunes. And so mm-hmm. people could have a healthy wealth exchange. If they didn't want to get their music for free off of some, some um, I guess, pirating platform, then, and they wanted to be in some kind of healthy, holistic wealth exchange with the creator, with the artist, um, then app, app, iTunes came along as a solution, and now we see other experiments 
But what happened, you know, in terms of Spotify and Pandora, in terms of different relationships around music sharing and, and again, having this healthy wealth exchange with the artist, but what happened is we, we had the freedom to then buy the song. The music industry was forcing us to buy an album, even if we weren't interested in an album. We really wanted to buy a song. And you see that disruption happening where the primary currency of choice is going from a degree, this idea that we need a four-year or a three-year degree, and it's really going around courses and certifications and, most importantly, competencies. And so we see employers have really lost confidence in the system. And so even when they're hiring graduates who have these very prestigious four-year degrees, they're finding they're even from the best schools from across the planet, they don't have um, the necessary skill set to be able to succeed in today's world. And in Temple, it's a really interesting study I'd love to put people towards, but it came out of IBM and they do a CEO study. Um, every two years. And in the 2010 CEO study and the 2012 CEO study, they interviewed 1,600 CEOs, but also 3,600 global students. And what was interesting is they both came away with the same conclusions that the number one challenge um, at this moment in time for students and CEOs alike is the rapid acceleration of complexity and, and uncertainty. And what we need is the best of whole brain, whole person, whole brain, whole system um, thinking and learning skills. And our current education system is pretty good at the left-directed brain skill set, but that when, in this incredible complexity and uncertainty when you can only see two inches in front of your nose in terms of what to anticipate where the world is going to change next, the five skill sets that people really need are around creativity, complex problem solving, whole system thinking and design, collaboration skills, and then um, communication skills and being able to communicate within that context to multiple stakeholders. And so those five skills are at the core of the pedagogy of what Ubiquity is creating. And we came out of, our pedagogy came out of one other really successful 27-year experiment. So Ubiquity is kind of two streams coming together. It's the eight-year experiment of Wisdom University at a graduate level. And it's the 27-year experiment of the Illinois Mathematic and Science Academy, also known as IMSA. And IMSA was started 27 years ago by one of um, Ubiquity's founding board members, and she was also a founding board member for Wisdom University. And just a wonderful intentional spirit. Her name is Stephanie Pace Marshall. And she was the founding president. She's now the president emeritus of IMSA. And IMSA 27 years ago was attracting the best of science, technology, engineering, math, and giving them this, at the time, completely revolutionary education that focused on imagination, inquiry, competency-based, problem-centered, and attracted some of the brightest minds in the country. And 27 years later, they're recognized as one of the top 40 college preparatories in the planet by the Wall Street Journal. And the founding members of OkCupid, PayPal, YouTube, LinkedIn, Netscape, Apache, all came out of this little tiny school in Illinois. 
So they're oh obviously gosh. doing something incredibly well. And, the, and so we're working with Stephanie as this kind of her next experiment to take that, you know, this proof of concept that's been, inc- you know, um, really proven um, to the, both to the college education level for the first time and then also on a global basis for the first time. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, I know everybody's going to join us after break, after that (laughs) phenomenal statement. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have never heard that. (laughs) That is such a a powerful uh, frame, you know, to put that in. And from that perspective, I want to thank all of you for your continuous contributions to Unity Online Radio. We are a voice of an awakening world. That's why we do what we do is to have people like Paul on our show today so that we can have people thinking out of the box. We have a commitment here that we have we have only one set of boxes and those are the things that get stuff shipped in them. Otherwise, we are with an open mind and an open heart and being in the flow of change. We'll be right back after this short break. He's the most talked about figure in history. How do you see Jesus? As a savior, a way shower, a mythical hero. In his cutting-edge new book, Jesus 2.1, an upgrade for the 21st century, Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard explores the many human concepts of Jesus. The man of Nazareth has been an imaginary spiritual playmate for millions. Best friend, confidant, silent lover, surrogate father, brother, husband, trusted king when earthly governments fail, all-purpose superhero who will save the day before the final credits roll. Jesus is like a program that has been adapted through the ages while the basic code remains undisturbed despite all subsequent modifications. Now it is our time to rewrite and reinstall the Jesus program with updates for today, just as every previous generation has done and every subsequent generation will do. The Romans killed Jesus for being a revolutionary. Every succeeding generation kills him anew by losing sight of the ongoing revolution in human consciousness that he represents. Explore the new book, Jesus 2.1, at www.shopunity.org. Have you ever considered that everything you think and say is a prayer to the universe? Are you sending a positive or negative message? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. 
And thank you, everyone. And I know how much you enjoy these conversations. You let me know through email or Facebook or Twitter all the time. Just want to remind you that you can watch our services online out of Unity Campus. And there are many various conversations that are pertinent to your life experiences, practical applications that are for about right now. When I look at ubiquityuniversity.com's website, uh, one of the things that really captured me, and I alluded to it earlier, is, you know, what if Gandhi didn't become Gandhi or Oprah didn't become Oprah or other great leaders in the world. We mention these names because they happen to be people that mutually we know. But there are a lot of people in your neighborhood and in your city that aren't being who they are that are just as powerful, but no one knows about them yet. Paul, what's your what's your premise of belief around how do we get more Gandhis out of our population of people. What do we do? Right. <laughs> Where do we go from here? <laughs> That's a great question. That's fun. Um, we part of part of the inspiration. We it it's amazing how surrendered I've become on this pathway, and just the the more I let go to let come, the more the infrastructure of what's trying to reveal itself through the ubiquity impulse um, really shows up in a big, powerful way. So it's, you know, like anything for all of us, when we can get ourselves out of the way and really go, you know, tuning into what's trying to emerge. And what I've been led is this idea that it's a search and reapply. So in, in terms of there's, there's this concept of nail it and then scale it. And so I've been directed to really pay attention um, around three platforms. And these platforms are ones that are organizations that may have not had the um, mimetic values that many of us share within the Unity community. Um, but they, what they did was master a unique thing. So when you look at Apple and what Apple was able to do um, to become the most irresistible, seductive, and now valuable brand on the planet. And many of us know their sustainability track record, and that really prevents us from having right relationship with Apple. But at the same time, just to, to pay attention to what was working and what was amazing about Apple. And they did a campaign um, that was the, really the campaign that launched the brand to the next level of becoming a truly iconic, transcendent brand. And it was called Think Different. And they paid attention to these luminaries, the trumpets of the universe, this group of pioneering souls that have truly inspired us along the way. And so I spent some time, I got guided to spend some time in just, what was it about these people? What is it about the Martin Luther Kings and the Rosa Parks and the Gandhis and the Mother Teresas that just inspire us so? And I think that what, was, what came up for me was this idea of what if Gandhi stopped being Gandhi before he became Gandhi, as you mentioned, and, it's, and just looking at the perseverance and, and the level of support that Gandhi received throughout their life. And, and this ad on Think Different shone a light on all of these, again, very inspirational souls, but it also created a platform to the larger tribe, the larger community of all of us. And they, they, you know, basically the, the message was, here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, 
and the rebels. And the idea the ones who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that generally do. And so that is the audience that we are seeking to serve. We, across all generations, across all life stages and, and generational cohorts, you know, whether they're millennials or Gen X or boomers, are those people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world. And so our version of the Think Different slogan has revealed itself in two ways. One, the introductory framing for the brand is Ubiquity University, a whole new kind of education for a whole new kind of world. And we started to give context around what a whole new kind of world looks like. And, and for a starting point, we have a whole line of questions that we're going to be adding to the website, again, in the spirit of um, being inquiry-led, around um, how about starting with the kind of world that works for everyone. And when Bucky Fuller brought this in in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, at that point, it seemed like an incredibly utopic, impossible dream. But now there's this idea that technically – and, you know, for the first time in human history, we have the mind, the right mindset with a world as a living system consciousness, this idea that it's a living universe. We have the right skill set in terms of whole thinking system, whole system thinking and design. And we have the right tool set in terms of exponential technologies and wisdom technologies. And so when you look at that combination this idea of creating a world that works for everyone is, is truly um, possible and something that we can all shoot for and each one of us can then step into. And so the last thing I just want to say is, so we see the biggest fulcrum play to enable this idea of creating more Gandhis or equipping, you know, this idea of igniting, nurturing, and equipping the crazy ones, the misfits, and the rebels with the skill set, with the skill, the real world skills, and the mindset, and the mentorship that they need to go the whole way. And that idea of the go the whole way is this idea that you can't become yourself by yourself. And if we were to look at a life like Abraham Lincoln's life, I did a quiz one time where someone gave you these 20 attributes of this person's life. You had no clue who it was. And when you went through the level of despair and failure and tragedy, it was you just had no clue who this person was. And then when it's revealed that it was Abraham Lincoln, that's really the essence of go the whole way. And I guess my question for the listeners is, turning it around on, for each and every one of us, what does it mean to go the whole way in this lifetime? What does that mean for you? What, what comes to life in terms of uh, a passion or, or a sense of meaning and purpose? And also, what kind of support would you need to go the whole way in this lifetime? Wow. I love that. Uh, that is so powerful, and I, I, I think I can speak for Paul as well because I already feel such a resonation of intentional spirit here. But if you're an educator or you're a parent out there and you have children or young adults that are acting out around you, step back and stop violating them 
stop trying to make them fit in a box so they can be what you call the norm. Uh, I kind of shock people, uh, Paul, when I go to speak in various places because I'm uh, sober for 26 years and I've been saying that very openly since my uh, almost 30th birthday and um, I talked about it when a lot of people didn't talk about it but when I go into groups where people are you know into recovery I go welcome to the gifted program <laughs> and they they look at they look at me and they go what what do you what do you mean I mean nobody's ever said that to me before and I say welcome to the gifted program hmm. most people that have the issue of addiction are people that have never been validated for the truth within their being and they are born wounded healers and they, hmm. and they are the geniuses and the gift the gifted individuals of the world and they just haven't had the forum or the support or the I see you, I get you um, Mm -hmm. in order that they could be who they are uh, in whatever way that means as an artist, as a musician, as, um, as someone that, that loves to create um, certain kind of crafts or, or sculptor pieces or, or whatever it is, you know, um, it's just uh, what you're doing is just um, so needed, so very needed, and I'm so grateful that you and and your team has decided to, and Jim Garrison, um, have your part of this process. It's absolutely amazing. Well, thank you very much. We are very blessed. And very inspired to uh, to bring this through. And again, it's it's an experiment. You know, the people are showing up. Um, our goal is to create an authentic, irresistible um, social attractor. Um, if we can create this irresistible social DNA that invites people to come in, and I think you know the metaphor, what Google, you know, it's in terms of the name ubiquity. Ubiquity also revealed itself within the process, and, and I, I knew it had, I was vaguely aware of the definition of ubiquity, um, but I didn't know what it was, and that's a, that's a marketer's dream because it's an empty vessel because people have a vague awareness, and the definition is the state or capacity of being everywhere, mm-hmm. especially at the same time. So it's really omnipresence, and so this idea of creating um, this global learning and innovation community that's present everywhere, especially at the same time, because all of our genius is everywhere across the planet, and it's looking to be nourished and ignited and supported. And so this idea of creating a ubiquitous platform, um, we really see, and again, we hold this with all humility because, again, it's an experiment, but what Google was able to do to create a ubiquitous platform for global search, what Facebook was able to do to create a global platform for a global social network um, is what ubiquity is being called to do in terms of global learning and innovation community, that the two of them need to be mashed up. This idea of lifelong learning is that route that you were referring to in terms of drawing forth and that from our source of greatest inspiration flows our source of greatest creativity. So this idea of what do you want to learn as a lifelong learner? What do you want to create? And what do you need to learn to do it? So it's like the Matrix film that was so popular years ago where 
Trinity suddenly needed to know how to fly a helicopter, and she got the download. She got the upgrades. And Neo needed to learn how to do jujitsu, and he got the download, and he got the upgrades. That's how learning in the future will be. It's not this four-year degree that you stop learning after you graduate, or you have to give up four years of your life to fit into this box. The idea is it's all about creative expression and passion and just getting the learning you need for your inner journey, your inner development, your innate sense of expansion um, that will then allow you to bring it in its fullness. Um, That's what ubiquity is about. Paul, thank you for doing what you're doing and being who you're being. And I just hold for you as long as, as well as many of our listening audience today, that you will achieve everything that you have set in motion. And we see that for you and celebrate it in advance, knowing that it's already done because it, (laughs) truly is um, an idea whose time has come. Thank you so much for being on our show. Everyone, send all your friends and family members and people that you know that are looking for another route of happiness to ubiquityuniversity.com. Thank you, everyone, for being on our show today. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehays.org. Do you think you know all you want to know about the characters in the Bible? Do you know who could be called the king who loved too much? Or what it means to be a Jezebel? Or that the best love story in the Bible begins with the declared commitment of two women? The Bible's symbolic meaning can help you transform your life and discover the presence and power of God within you. Find out what these characters can teach you about your own life today by tuning into Biblical Power for Your Life. Each week, co-hosts Reverends Karen Tudor and E.J. Niles present a Bible character from a historical, cultural, psychological, and symbolic perspective. Your comments and questions are part of this lively discussion. Tune in every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and power up your life only at Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Your friends at Unity invite you to reflect on these words from Rev. Jim Rosemurgy. Pause and take a deep breath. When you are ready, affirm silently to yourself. Sweet, sweet spirit, I desire a closer walk with you. Show me the way. I am listening. Take time now, in the silence, to get in touch with the spiritual guidance within you. Have faith that your next step, your unfolding, your spiritual growth, is coming to you in divine order, through your spiritual instinct or your spiritual knowingness.
This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Have you ever considered that everything you think and say is a prayer to the universe? Are you sending a positive or negative message? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Mediumship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.